Well, this, uh, this episode is going to be covering close to 10 days of walking. Maybe a little bit more because we had a couple rest days in there. But roughly 10 stages of the Camino de Santiago. So basically this is going to be from Pamplona to Burgos. That's where we left off. So let's jump right in it. Hi guys, welcome to the Beanstalk Podcast, where we talk about everything travel. Sharing first-hand travel advice and getting to the bottom of real-life experiences in the hopes to inspire you to get out there yourself. Alright, so yeah, we woke up with slight hangovers that day, and we said bye to Brett and Jen, and started walking out of Pamplona, which was a pretty nice walk. It was a really hot day, I remember. It's nice at the start, but yeah, it did get warm. Yeah, um, I think I remember it taking quite a long time to get out of the city, or what felt like a long time. Because um, it is a bigger city. Yeah, and I do remember whenever we maybe weren't walking the right way, all the locals were really nice and just kind of pointed, oh, no, you got to go this way, which was pretty helpful. It was very apparent that we were pilgrims. Yeah, I think we stand out. So. Yeah, um, I do remember meeting three uh, older French women at our hostel in uh, Pamplona, which uh, we just had real brief introductions there, but they, I think, kept popping up along the entire way. I kept running into them, and then I think I finally saw them at the end of the road, but we saw them that day walking. Mm -hmm. um, they were pretty adorable. <laughs> um yeah, I think when we did um, start hiking up out of the city, it started getting to a gradual incline, and uh, I was huffing, huffing and puffing a little bit just because it was a pretty warm day. Yeah, and it was, it was like loose, rocky gravel, kind yeah. of a dusty road, so it made for a bit of extra effort as well. Yeah, for sure. Rather than just um. A solid or trail or road or something so yeah kind of like walking through sand in a sense as far as it takes a bit more effort to get going yeah or to make progress it's like or headway. One, yeah one step forward two steps back kind of thing but yeah i remember getting up to uh there's this peak that's the the top of the climb this day it tops out at 700 meters and it's called alto de perdon which you can have a pretty nice view of just all of the surrounding area. It had awesome vistas on both sides. Um, it's actually where there is a part in uh, the movie, The Way, that's about the Camino de Santiago. Um, they get to this peak where there are these metal carvings. Like or, silhouettes? Or, yeah, metal uh, cutouts that are silhouettes of pilgrims and... Um, when you're looking at that, you're looking back on Pamplona. You're kind of looking back on what you had just walked that day, which was pretty awesome. It's a pretty significant place, I think. That yeah, it's a pretty well-known location. Yeah. We ran into the three French gals up there, and I think they were eating their lunch. And it was pretty windy, and I know that we remembered we had a decent day's walk ahead of us, so we didn't stay up there too long, but just kind of kept going after that. Yeah, um, which makes sense why there's a bunch of uh, of those wind. Yeah, there's wind turbines. Turbines, yes. Yeah, so you'll see those basically along the entire Camino. Mm -hmm. They're they're pretty good with their um, renewable energy sources, which those are one of them. Um, but I remember on the the descent after reaching this peak, uh, it was really really rocky. And just really slow going. Really slow going. Pretty technical. You have to be careful. You could twist an ankle. Easily. Super easy. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing, because uh, there's a road um, to your right, uh, just a paved road, and maybe if you were having some troubles, you could go that way, but I think it takes you uh, a ways out of the way. So um, yeah, It's not as direct. No, but if if you can't handle going downhill, like if you're having issues with your knees, that would probably be your route that you would want to take. But I remember seeing bikers going down that way and just going, ugh. 
just kind of slightly envious of how the rest of their way for the day was going to be and how much of a struggle it was going to be for us to get down this really, really rocky hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember we were passing through some suburbs and that was kind of odd. It felt slightly close to home because it wasn't something that we had seen before in Spain yet. We were more passing through little rural towns and just villages little, and stuff. Little villages, but we, we hit it. It was more like an American suburb. Yeah. For the few words. <laughs> it, it felt very out of place. Yeah, it did. It wasn't very quaint, I guess you could say. Um, but there were still beautiful wildflowers all along this walk. Uh, but we did s- stroll into, um, a town called Obanos, and I think as we were walking into that town, my calf was killing me, and I don't know what was going on with it. It was just extremely cramped up, and we had even meant to pass through this town, but at that point, I could not continue walking. I was actually pretty scared on how I was going to do the next day, because I didn't know uh, if I could have walked with that much pain. So we ended up staying the night there. Yeah, so it's a big concern for the time being that we were hoping that it would just kind of subside by morning, but we definitely had to stop for the day. Yeah, and actually that night I had made the decision to take quite a bit of weight, actually 10 pounds out of my bag, um, and send it ahead. Uh, I think it was either one or two stages I sent it ahead. Um, I think it only cost five euro or something like that, and they have a lot of people do this. So if Pretty you're, common. If you're yeah. walking the Camino, a lot of the albergues you stay in, if you're having issues with weight, they'll take your pack ahead for you and just leave it at the next albergue or hostel or wherever you're staying the next stage, which is pretty helpful. Um, I couldn't afford to do it the whole way, but at least it was helping me out with my issues with my leg. Um But I remember that night we had uh, found an albergue and we walk up and it's very cold and stone and uh, seemed very old and uh, pretty rustic. And I remember the the person who checked us in was (laughs) kind of emotionless and very you look like a mortician or like a crypt keeper. Yeah, he just checked us in and showed us the beds and the showers and. I remember the shower in particular was one that the shower curtain was almost right next to you. And as you're showering, the curtain would, a draft would catch the curtain and blow it right up against your skin, which is disgusting. (laughs) But yeah. So that was a, it's a gross feeling. I mean, we had this later on too, where I experienced it. I didn't experience it there, but if you, yeah, if you're in a shower and for whatever reason there's a draft or something, it almost clings to you like static and is attracted wow. to your body. Yeah, and it's just this cold, wet, almost slimy feeling. <laughs> just curtain that. Well, it's. Uh, it's it feels gross. It's like how many other nasty bodies has that sucked like, up on? <laughs> yeah. So I'm showering with like one leg out, you know, because I don't mind my toes pushing it, but it was just kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but that night, I remember we walked into the, I guess you could call it the center of town. It wasn't really that big enough to have like a square, but. We walked over to a restaurant and had kind of the communal style dinner where they sit everybody down, or like mostly pilgrims, because we're all getting the same food. But they sit us all down at a really long table and put, you know, put out the soup, put out the, the rice, the meat, the, you know, the potatoes, all the, all the stuff that they cooked for us uh, specifically. And I remember the gal who was serving us was pretty nice. She didn't speak any English at all. And the very little Spanish that I knew, she kind of tried communicating with me and having me communicate with the others because I think there were a couple French guys who spoke no Spanish and then there were uh, two Australians and 
They were kind of a crack. I think up. it was like an Italian person. There was just yeah, yeah kind of a group. A of... whole mix. We had traveled to Australia before, and Carl's got family down there, and they had told us about, you know, we all have our kind of stereotypes in each culture, and they told us about bogans, and yeah, we didn't really know what they were. I mean, they kind of had described them as being somewhat hillbilly. It was like redneckish or hickish kind of, or just kind of yeah. backwoods. Yeah. Not the most intelligent, kind of. They had the more nasally accents and were just... More twangy. Yeah. And so I think this dinner was our first experience with one of them. Mm-hmm. And so we were sitting there and I think that one of the soups came out and we didn't really know what was in the bottom of it. Uh, we later found it out to be like a orzo or something. little, yeah, either an orzo like pasta. pasta or something like that. But the gal who was from Australia, the, the she was convinced <laughs> it was garlic. Yeah, and she was trying her darndest to explain it to this person, and if they knew what garlic was. Yeah, so she's speaking to a French man and saying, "Is this garlic?" And he doesn't understand garlic. And she just keeps repeating, is it garlic? Do you know garlic? Is it garlic? Do you know garlic? It's and, garlic. I think, yeah. Do you know garlic? And we're just going, no, he doesn't understand garlic. He doesn't understand you the first time. Stop it's not going to click it. the fifth time. Yeah. It was pretty funny. We just kind of looked at each other and we're like, uh, why is she not Bogans. getting it? And so, yeah, slightly bogany. Um, but yeah, so that was our experience in Obanos. And I think the next day we uh, headed out of town and we uh, ended up talking to a guy who we had only seen from a distance walking in front of us. We think he was with his dad. It was a father-son, yeah. Yeah, and they were... <laughs> They were token on a little weed. We could smell it. Yeah. And it smells good. I love the smell of weed. And so as we're as we're walking, I'm like, hmm, you smell that? That smells pretty good. And so, and I, I thought it was just kind of cute that it was, you know, father-son smoking together and walking the Camino. Just passing back a joint back and forth. Yeah. And so uh, we ended up talking to him later on. We stopped at a water fountain. It's basically at the end of the day at this point. Yeah, I think so. Um, but we stopped at a water fountain, and he walked up, and we just started chatting with him because he had an American accent. And we're like, where are you from? And he said, Boise. And I was like, uh, no way. what the fuck, really? Because that's where we're from. And so that was just kind of like a no fucking way. That's a small, Total small world moment. Small world, completely. But what made it even more of a small world moment was that I started asking him, you know, what he does or I tell him where I worked and he basically knew one of my great friends who, my friend Talon, he's like a little brother to me. I had worked with him for years at a local pizza restaurant and this guy, Alex, who we had just met that day, told me that he was kind of Talon's little brother, but through a good friend. I guess his older brother was Talon's, one of Talon's best friends. So I was like, so that means that you're kind of like my little, little brother? Uh, but it was all, it was just way too weird and quite the coincidence and just a crazy crazy thing to experience when you're halfway across the world walking a trail um but that was pretty cool but yeah during that hike I remember we were listening to some music it might have been the first time that we started playing some music while walking mm -hmm. and we get to a hill and we start uh hiking up this hill and this song by Sia comes on, and it's called Elastic Heart. And I remember hearing you just start crying. And, yeah. I think just the situation with what we were doing, how long we had been gone, how hard this was. 
Um, just a lot of things that kind of run through your mind at this point. And it was just a certain stretch and I don't know, emotions start coming up and you just embrace it. Yeah, for sure. And I, for me, I cannot not cry whenever I hear a man cry. So I just immediately started crying as well. So we're walking up this hill, um, with our big packs on and listening to Sia <laughs> crying. It was, it was like you were living your dream too. You were traveling sure. the world. You were doing this amazing thing. You're away from family. It's super hard though. And yeah, it's emotional. Just tons of things swirling around your head. And, yeah. And so. Missing family and all that stuff. It was, it's pretty cool. This was probably the start of having a little bit of a grasp on what your body needed to do because the terrain got a little bit easier so your body was slightly um it I wouldn't say it wasn't working as hard but it was getting more accustomed to the day in day out walking and so as your body starts getting more accustomed to that your emotions and your mind um go elsewhere basically. yeah it totally goes inward versus just thinking about how hard it is and then once you kind of get adjusted to doing the walking your mind starts thinking of other things yeah so you're working through issues you're thinking a lot and you're definitely in your brain and working out some stuff so i remember this day in particular um and I think the following day for me was pretty difficult. I was working on a lot of letting go of the judgment I felt within myself um, because I've had bouts, I guess not even bouts, I've just had struggles with dealing with uh, alcohol issues since I was a teenager. So I think that that judgment was very strong within myself and... The Camino was really helping me work on that side of me and try to work past all the self-criticism and judgment that I had and had built up over the years of countless fuck-ups after getting way too drunk. So Sia in particular was the music I was listening to quite a bit. I know that she's struggled with alcohol and drug abuse, so... I think her songs really kind of dig into that and it definitely helps me bring up a lot of those issues and kind of work through them, which was nice. Yeah, I think that that night we had strolled into Estella, which is pretty small town. Um, I know that... It's still a town. I wouldn't say it was like village size, but it was yeah. definitely a town. Yeah, and they had really, it was a really cool uh, city center. It had like a nice fountain. Kids were playing soccer out in the square and stuff. And I remember we checked into an albergue um, that had a really nice patio. And we went out there and it was like the first time we had gotten a beer out of a vending machine <laughs> yeah that was, was something new you just cool. popped in a euro coin and out came a beer yeah of san miguel yeah that was pretty awesome but yeah that was also the first um on the entire trip i think that we had washed our clothes in an actual washing machine versus a sink or yeah legit washing machine wash which was heavenly because at this point it had been what like three weeks since we'd washed our clothes um, I would say about two and a half or maybe a little over, but yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> no, like two and a half, no, maybe a little more, maybe like. I just like to disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had our argue today. We'll have to have it in the middle of the podcast. Hey, yes. We had made our way down to a little bar slash cafe, cafe kind yeah. of thing. But I remember us getting some tapas there to eat, and we saw that on the TV behind us there was a big bullfight going on. And that was kind of eye It showed everything. Yeah, it showed um, everything. I mean, it was just brutal, because you see a lot of stuff on TV where it shines away, or, you know, you 
you just see the person pull the trigger, but you don't see the other end of it. And right. where it just showed, I don't know, I guess the brutality of it all and yeah. how this huge bull was just being almost tortured in a way. I wouldn't say almost tortured. I would say tortured. Yeah. Because literally before the matador even comes out to start battling it, there are multiple men on horse, horseback who are jabbing at it with like spears. spears. So before it even starts fighting the human, it's already, it's like already just completely exhausted almost. So it's like on its last legs and then they bring out the matador and then, you know... It's just, it was fucked up. I had, a, I had a really hard time watching it. And so, yeah, I, I'm not down with the animal cruelty. And so it was, it was pretty difficult. I think that they are having quite a bit of protests throughout Spain to try to get this. Yeah. To try to get this, uh, sport, you know, stopped. So I don't know what's, uh, what the developments are in that, but I totally support having that stop because it was pretty, pretty messed up. I mean, it goes back in time so far and it's so like traditional, but yeah. I, it was messed up. I, it was a big eye opener to really see that and the whole, I yeah. guess, thorough process of the bullfight. Yeah. And yeah, it was kind of hard to, to take in. It was, yeah. Yeah. Just I, brutal. For me, I always had the idea that a bullfight was, one-on-one -on -one. like matador and bull go into the ring and then they fight it well, out there was just no way that the bull would win hell no i mean it was just and and the, the who the matador guy yeah uh yeah the matador just is showed off like this big you know this brave person this guy versus the bull when it's like well you had a lot of, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. not a fair yeah. fight. You had a lot of help beforehand, kind of weakening the bowl. Maybe they could say that they're kind of revving it up and, you know, riling it up to try to put on a good fight. But honestly, it's just, it's starting to like bleed out. It's already jabbed a whole bunch of times and then the matador goes in and you're like, well, you're, yeah, obviously you're going to win because you've had so much help. It literally, it literally is not a fair fight. Yeah. If it were to be just right out the gates, bull and matador, I might be a little bit more respectful. I might have still. a little bit more respect for it, even though it's still kind of fucked up. Yeah. But anyways, so <laughs> we kind of went on a tangent, I think, with the bullfighting. Didn't know that was gonna. We might edit that. Yeah, nah. Break it, it in there. Uh, anyway, so the next stage we were going from Estella to Los Arcos. And I remember leaving Estea, we ran into our good buddy Omar, who we had met on the first day, mm -hmm. and we uh, went with him to a winery or vineyard um, that I'm going to totally butcher the name, but I think it's Ayugi, and it's basically a, um, it's kind of a well-known stop along the Camino where there is a water fountain and a wine fountain. It's kind of like a faceplate on this wall and there's two little spouts and one is water and one is wine from the local winery. Yeah, so I think that there's known to be close to like 500 gallons of wine, I want to say, something like that I had heard, but it depends on when you get there whether or not you're going to get a taste of wine. Yeah, if uh, if you show up too late, that well's going to be empty. Yeah. At least for the wine. Yeah, and I remember for me. So I was told to get there early. I just put a little bit of it in the scallop Scallops shell in. that I had because I didn't. I don't think I had a cup, and I wasn't about to put wine in my water bottle, and so I just sipped it out of that. And I think that's what it's there for is for like yeah. just to taste. Yeah, but we we had seen a guy have a little. Um, well, it wasn't too little. It was just your standard plastic water bottle, and he filled that thing up three, four times, I think. And he was just getting shitty. He was and getting it was like... fainted. 
And we're like, um. Like, dude, there's all these other people online, and he's yeah. just like filling this thing, slamming it, and then getting back in line and filling it again. And we're yeah. like, dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you, this isn't all for you. No, and it was early, too. I'm yeah, like, it was hey, like dude. nine o'clock or something. Yeah, he was probably not having a fun walk the rest of that day. I but... hope not, greedy little fucker. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're really feeling No, it's just, I don't know. I'm all about sharing and yeah. being, you know, splitting things evenly. And this sure. little dude was just yeah. being greedy about it. Totally. But anyways, yeah, so we had done that with Omar and then walked for a ways. And it was a pretty, pretty walk. Um, but then we got to this one town where after this, there was going to be a 10K or six mile stretch of no water, no towns, and that's where we had separated with Omar. We didn't see him again for a long while after that. Um, that's how it goes. Sometimes yeah. you separate and you'll see him in 10 minutes. And sometimes you won't see that person ever again. No, that's true. You just don't know. You just never know. So you It's gotta all part kinda, of letting go. Yeah, exactly. You can't attach yourself too much to people. Um, but yeah, I was going to say that when we did get into uh, that town I think we were pretty ready to stop walking and we had sat down in their square which was a really nice um, area it had a really nice church right there or cathedral I think and um, we had just got a couple pictures of sangria and it was really good there totally chilled and there was I think one of, there were maybe like two restaurants that were just slammed with It was basically all there was. It was, it was not a big little village. No. Yeah, and it, um, the gal that was, was waiting thing. on us was super nice, but just super. You could tell she was scrambling. She in, was, uh, yeah. I think she was the only one that was waiting on us. And, and so, there were tables tight, filled. Yeah. She was hustling. She was hustling. And we gave her a good tip. But I, they don't tip in Spain. That's just a thing, you know? They might Certain leave. countries don't. And in certain countries, it's considered uh, impolite. Yeah. So Almost. Um, offensive. Yeah, offensive. Yeah, but in Spain, it's just kind of a thing where if... Maybe if there's, like, a little bit of change, you'll leave it. But... And they don't... You know, it's not, like, something that they're just like, how dare you leave me a little bit of change, you yeah. know? Um but if you're going it's out just of, not customary yeah if you're going out of your way and like tipping and decently tipping because we tipped this gal five euro she was just like oh my god she was elated about thank it. you yeah. <laughs> you know just like thank you so much i am working my ass off like this is nice so that was kind of cool that we were able to do that for her but yeah we just we've worked in the industry so we know what hard work deserves and that's recognition <laughs> if anything um but yeah so there was a funeral procession going on at that cathedral which was pretty neat to see not neat that someone died but something that you just don't get to see every day and so it's just it was done differently than at home for sure where it just had this trail it was kind of like what you'd see at home but with cars driving through and yeah you know, it was very obvious with um, whether the local law enforcement or whatever is kind of having people pull over as they roll through. Yeah. It was the same way here, but they were just walking through the town, heading towards the church or cathedral. Yeah. And um, they were all dressed in black. Yeah. And it seemed like somber, but not, it was more of like a peaceful feeling, I felt like. Um, yeah. But yeah, so then um, that night we had gotten to our albergue. Luckily, my stuff that I had shipped was there, which was awesome. Because it's always nerve-wracking, especially when you send yeah. stuff when it's like electronics or your yeah. laptop. Yeah. And you're like, I hope it's going to be there I was kind of scared. where I said it was going to go. Yeah, so luckily it was there and waiting for me. And I shipped it another day, I think, ahead because my calf still wasn't fully functional or 100 percent and so uh but i remember that night too in our albergue uh we saw a guy from korea it was a couple but yeah. yeah but he had one of the worst blisters that we had seen probably okay. the worst blister that we had seen thus far and 
it looked like his foot was falling apart. Yeah, it uh, it oh. wasn't even it didn't even look like a blister. It looked like he had one. It popped, and all the skin oh. was just removed <gasps> on like just completely red. the whole side of his and foot raw. It's just oh. it's like cherry red, and oh. it's just open and exposed, and I. Don't know how he could. That would pull me out. Yeah. I would be like, nope, sorry. I don't know how he was continuing. I don't either. He was wearing sandals. And just watching him put the sandals on, I was like, ugh. It's making my butt Makes me cringe just thinking about what he was dealing with. Yeah, it was brutal. But yeah, so um, the next day we were going to be hiking to Logroño. And that was one of the bigger cities along the way. Uh, we got a pretty early start that day, but we ended up... Kind of losing each other. Yeah, we totally did. I don't even remember how it happened. I do. We started walking into this little town, and there was literally only one store that was open. Oh. Because it was pretty it was. early. And you had ducked into the store, and so when I'm walking past, I don't see you. I didn't think that you had stopped. So I just kept walking. And then when I ne- when I kept walking and I didn't see you again, I was like, well, shit, where did he go? And I thought, well, maybe he stopped in that town. And so I sat there, I took off my shoes, my socks, kind of was adjusting and just kind of waiting to see if you would catch up. And then you don't come and I'm going, well, shit, did he keep going? Am I going to lose him if I stop and I wait for too long? So I start going and then I still don't see you and I'm like where the fuck and so I really did not know where you were and I just kept walking because I was like well I'm too far behind at this point and I get to somewhere where I'm like he has to be behind me because I still haven't caught up with him and I think I was going fast at that point so I stop on a rock and I eat a little something and I'm I'm watching people pass me and I'm asking them did you see you know, guy with beard, <laughs> like motioning, guy with beard, bald head, like, did you see him? And I think one person might have said, oh, yeah, he's back there. He's looking for you. And I'm just thinking, oh, fuck. <laughs> and did you turn around and go back? No, because no. I was going to wait for you to catch up because I thought. And this is where I was like, where did she go? I just ducked in the shop to get like supplies and snacks for the day. And then she was just gone, so I was walking back and forth between just stages, I guess. I don't know. I I was going through the town back and forth like four times, just moving too, because I was getting concerned and the day was getting later, and we wanted to have this early start, and then we were just wasting time. It was supposed to be hot, and she just was not anywhere. And after walking back and forth, you know, 15 minutes each way for the fourth time, I was like, you know, I just got to go. Yeah. And that's kind of where I had gotten to, too. But then when I hadn't run into you, I was like, he has to be behind me. And so when we did eventually meet up, we weren't in the best of moods with one another. You in particular were a little bit cranky. Yeah. But um, we ended up working it out and um, eventually got on with our day and just kept walking. We ended up walking through a city that was pretty cool, but it felt like a spot where tourists would get bused to and be shown, oh, this is a city along the Camino. Here- Come see the pilgrims walking <laughs> through the streets. <laughs> experienced pilgrim, you know. Yeah, so literally, like, you saw people who were obviously not walking the Camino, but were tourists, and they're sitting at the cafes, and you look like hell, because, you know, that's just... You're sweaty, dirty, gross, big pack, and these... And so these people are, like, eyeballing you and just being like, ooh... A pilgrim, look. I think even like some took photos and you did. just wanted to smash their camera. <laughs> You're like, what the hell? Like, I am, I'm, I'm not, not an animal at the zoo. What is it? Yeah, what are you doing? 
It was weird. You know, no asking, just like, ooh, look at the pilgrim, snap. Snap, snap, and, selfie, snap. And it was like, what the And hell? you're tired. It was super hot, too. Oh, so man, it was rough, but funny. Just awesome. sweating bullets, just not feeling the best. Weird experience. Huffing and puffing, and these people are wanting to capture this moment of some stranger that they've never seen before. Yeah. And you're like, this is pretty rude. Yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Well, I didn't care as much, but it was just still just... I didn't either, but I mean, I, I just felt it was rude. Yeah. It was a weird feeling, weird sensation. Um, but yeah, the, the stretch leading into Lagronia was mostly a long road and hot as hell. And I remember my feet were absolutely killing me. Yeah. That's but, why we wanted to get an early start was to yeah. avoid... The, you know, we looked and was told it was supposed to be a super hot day. Yeah, for sure. Which, yeah. It ended up being... It but, was hot. Yeah, getting into Logroño, we um, had found a pretty nice albergue. And we ended up staying an extra day in Logroño. We had um, a rest day. This was rest day number two. We needed it. It was pretty necessary. Um, but yeah, I think that... In Logroño, we didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> I think one of the main things we did, because our packs were, the contents were for the whole year and a half or more, whatever we had planned to go, um, we didn't need a lot of items just for the Camino. And that we were still going to be walking for another month or so. We were like, well, we don't need this stuff. Let's yeah. just ship it to the end if we can. So we looked into it, and there's a Camino forum that is it's called the Camino Forum and it's put on by this guy named Ivar who lives in Santiago he lives right there in Santiago and he allows you to ship your items or whatever you don't Just need stuff you realize you're not using yeah. or that it's not necessary or actually don't need two belts or whatever yeah. you know yeah and he all the little it. stuff that adds up to be like 5 pounds or however much yeah, so he'll store it at, he's got a little storage facility where he'll keep your stuff for up to 60 days, I believe. Yeah. And so that was pretty awesome that we were able to do that. I, I remember it was a little tricky at the post office to try to fill Just out their filling out the Spanish forms, forms and yeah, uh, trying to get it to be Because you wanted but... to fill it out correctly and you're like, yeah. I don't even know what to write in this spot because I don't know yeah. what this word means. Yeah. As for, yeah, so. But they were pretty helpful, so. Yeah, so they helped us out with filling it out correctly so that it was getting, because you were shipping, like, laptops and, you know, certain items that was like, I need to get this again because it's expensive and to replace it would be, you know, expensive and inconvenient. Yeah, so that was that was pretty helpful that we were able to do that. And then, because they suggest that you hike with 10% of your body weight. We were hiking with way more than that. Yeah. We didn't need it. That was like 30%. Or <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Too much. Yeah, way too much. So, yeah. I, so, it felt good to get that out of the pack oh, and man. shipped. It changed. It, that was a game and changer. And it was uh, night and day. Because we thought, at that point, I was like, my body cannot handle walking with this yeah. weight. I knew that it was just not going to work out. So, yeah, I remember one thing about Lagroño, though, was I'd gone to a cafe that morning for breakfast, and they have these orange juice machines where you see the actual orange, and they go down this little ramp. It kind of reminds me of... It's a huge machine. Yeah, it's gigantic, but it kind of reminds me of, like, those... uh, It was Marble Works as a kid. Then you shoot these little marbles down these slides, but it's got like this little metal uh, slide that takes the orange and it like cuts it in half and then squeezes it right there. And they've got this crazy, just fresh orange juice. And it was probably the best orange juice I've ever had. The best orange juice ever. And Carl was so happy about it. <laughs> I got another jar and I just, it was like gold. I was just... Yeah. They could have brought a carafe, and Carl would have just chugged the entire thing. Oh, man. <laughs> but that it was... It was hard cool. to drink in moderation, but every gulp was just so oh. enjoyable. Yeah. I never had orange juice like that. No, no. That was... So good. We got a really late start on the day, and on the way out of Lagronio, we had popped into a grocery store, and we were just going to get some food. Snacks and supplies for the day. And we ran into Gemma. 
who had just popped into the store as we yeah. were heading on our way out. It was so weird. We didn't think we were going to see her again. And it was it's just like, oh, you saw your friend at the grocery store. And yeah. it's like, well, we're also in the middle of Spain, nowhere. And this British friend that we had met on the first in day. A few days. Yeah. We met her on the very first day. And like a week later, you know, or a little over a week later, uh, we saw her again. And yeah, it was just really random. The city's pretty big and it was a really big grocery store. So yeah. it was. Uh, quite the coincidence that we met her in there. Um, but yeah, I remember she was staying there that night and we were going to tell her kind of where we were going to wind up and or keep in contact with her so that we could meet up with her again. Um, but yeah, we, we headed out and we ended up walking to Navarrete, which is a very small little town. I think it was only... It wasn't too far away, maybe like 13K that day. It was day. a short day, but it was hard. It was really hard. And that we didn't leave until like between 2 and 3. It yeah. was late. It was hot already. I was kind of dumb um, of us starting that late. I don't know why we did that. I don't either. I don't it, uh, it was hard to get there, even yeah. for how short the distance was. Yeah, but we end up getting to this um, town, and we were just calling it quits because it was a struggle just getting there. Um, and we end up getting to this albergue and literally because it was so late in the day, they said, well, we have two albergues, but we don't have two beds in either. We only have one bed in each. One in each. So, so we got separated. We got split up. So, which was fine. We just wanted somewhere to stay. The point is we had a bed. Yeah. So. And so I get over into the room that I'm staying in and I think there weren't any bunk beds. It was just individual beds on the ground. And there were five beds total in this one room. It was me, three other guys, and one other gal. And so we're sitting in that room, and I had met the gal. Her name was Jacobi, and she was from London, but she grew up in South Africa. And so I start chatting a little bit with her. She was struggling a lot with her feet. She had pretty bad blisters. And I'm not sure if it was at that point she had already sent for a new pair of shoes. But the original pair of shoes she started with were not working out. So she had to get brand new ones. And those were even hurting her worse. So she had a whole medical kit. And I think she had kind of gone out into the town and maybe drank a little bit of wine, but also had a nurse who just happened to be there who was also drinking quite a bit of wine, work on her feet, <laughs> her blisters. So um, that was kind of my meeting of Jacoby. But there was also another guy in the room. His name was Thomas, and he was from Germany. Um, he was very nice. He was, I think, just laying out, laying down on his bed, but this was kind of the first encounter with men's, German men's comfortability. Is that a word? Comfortability. Comfortability with yeah. their bodies, which is so cool to me. I wish that the U.S. could be more like this. But this man, Thomas, you know, he's... Um, he's what, 50? Maybe, I don't know. Like probably around 40s, 50s. 50s. Yeah, and he's laying out on his bed and he's just got a little thong on. <laughs> or... What would you call him? Because your dad does the same thing. It's like whitey tidy underwear? Not, well, yeah, I guess. Just kind of a, a underwear. I wouldn't say a thong. No, no. I mean, I didn't see his backside. <laughs> but he was laying on his side. And, um, you know, he's got his, his reading glasses on. And I think he was talking on the cell phone um, for a while. So I didn't really get to talk to him at that point. But I remember... The windows were shut, and then there's this guard that was pulled down over the windows. So literally, like, no air could get in or out. And with three other men, and with Jacoby and I, it was quite stuffy and stinky. And so I remember one of the things that literally was the moment I was like, I like this gal, um, was when Jacoby came in, and she just goes, oh. Oh, no, mate. And this just, like, opened the thing and opened the windows. I was just suffering through the stank because I wasn't wanting to be... And stuffiness of the heat. Yeah, I didn't want to be confrontational, but she was just like, hell no, and, like, pulls open the 
the little garage door and opens the windows and is like, yeah, this ain't happening. Like, we need some fucking air in here. And I was like, ah, yes, thank you. That's, well, it's refreshing, like, the fresh air that came in, but also the refreshingness of, you know, somebody just speaking their mind and not, like, no bullshit. I was like, okay, I like this gal, which was pretty cool. But, yeah, I ended up talking to Thomas that, that night as well, and he was just a sweetheart and um, nice as can be. And so that those were two of our Camino friends that we met. Well, I didn't meet him. I was at the other Alberga. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I think I had told I hadn't you met them her. yet, but I was told about them the next day. Yeah. Which was um, also a short day. Yeah. I think it was also just like 16 kilometers or so. Yeah. Where we'd kind of loosely planned to meet up with Gemma. You know, if she made it or not, that's fine. But we were, I think she was saying she was going to go there. So we were going to see if we saw her, if not, whatever. And literally, she walked into town right behind us. It was crazy. was insane. Because like, we were still walking into town, too. And we were like, you left <laughs> at what time? Yeah. How did we get halfway here? She walked like 30K. It was crazy. Or something like that in less than the amount of time. And the time it took us to walk twice or half the distance. Yeah. I was like, She left earlier, but still. But still, uh, she's fast as can be. It was such a surprise. She she was moving. Yeah, I guess um, she had uh, an albergue kind of arranged and booked. So she was trying to lead us to this weird little labyrinth of how to get there. Well, we had met with the guy who said that they didn't have rooms at the one she was right. looking for, but he said, oh, I have another albergue, so come with me. And he said, he, I mean, he didn't speak a lot of English, but he was like, you three together? And we're like, yeah, we're together. And because we wanted to book in the same albergue. But I think he took that as we all wanted the same room. Right. <laughs> Which was weird. And we're like, no, we're just more of a Camino team at yeah. this point and wanted to... Yeah. So we ended up so, getting a room with th- three beds all pushed together. It was like <laughs> a double bed and then a small mini one and it was all put together and we're like, all right, this is weird. <laughs> this is really weird. What was he expecting? But at the same time, it was like, oh, whatever. Doesn't yeah, matter. we're like, it's not that weird, I guess. And so we ended up staying in that room with Gemma and we kind of bonded with her, I think, a little bit more, you know, found out more about her and... Um, but she had met a guy named John who was from Adelaide in, um, Australia. And so he was walking by himself. Yeah. He was walking alone and she had, um, taken to him and they had become friends and we all had dinner that night, which was really nice. So that's where we met John from Adelaide. Mm -hmm. That was first meeting John. Super nice guy. The nicest guy. Just I think we've ever met. <laughs> great pleasure to be around. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the next stage was Nahara to Santo Domingo. I think this was the first time since Lagronio too, that we actually had a decent stretch of a day. That's true. That was over, like, 20K. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. But we actually left on time. No one got lost. No. So it was a bit smoother. Yeah. Uh, we were able to, you know, rest a bit from our previous overweight and first week of the Camino. So we were a bit more adjusted and more replenished mm-hmm. and the, for a bigger day. So it was, yeah, it was more doable. We walked with Gemma, I think, most of the day this yeah. day. And uh, we ended up passing a gal on the road and she was walking like a snail she was hobbling i remember this and i just felt hurt you could see the hurt in her walk i felt so bad for her she's just this little girl not little girl but little woman she was (laughs) sure she was a smaller woman but um um, she was she's by herself and you know Um, she was just hobbling along and you could tell she was hurting. So, literally, I just reached into my bag as we're walking. Um, you know, I stop her and I say, stop there, you know. I don't... She spoke English, but it was a little bit broken. But she, like, knew five other languages. Yeah, she, so, yeah. <laughs> I cannot... Um, there's no judgment, whatever, whatsoever. And so, I um, reach into my bag and I remember Jen from the Aussies, Brett and Jen... She had given me a little packet of ibuprofens, 
and so there were 800 milligram ibuprofens and I didn't use them at all and I was like well who could use them she could probably use them so I gave her the little strip that I had and said take one because they're but, strong yeah because they're strong and you know I think I had motioned like eat food with it or something but only take one and so she had taken one I think um right there and then we had passed her because obviously she was going so slow yeah and um we end up getting into Santo Domingo and who is like the first person that we see after we had checked into our albergue and showered and all that we like went out into the square but she's just going oh and she like puts out her hands and she's like waving them around she was like at this table outside of a bar with a beer and yeah she was so happy to see us and she, she was saying look look and she's she, like you know, look look and she was stomping her feet on the ground and I was like oh don't do it but she was just a pain pill and i'm sure it still hurts don't you know mess yourself up she had told us she doesn't really take pain medication i'm like i totally understand that pills kind of scare me too but she was just so relieved that her feet weren't in pain anymore and so she bought us both a beer and was just super grateful that we were able to help her out that day um and her name was Maria, and she was just a doll. Darling gal from Italy. In that albergue, which was... Do you call it nunnery? Or I think do you so. call it a con... It's convent. not a convent? No. It was... Was it still an acting nunnery? I don't know. I heard that... I heard recently on the What the Fuck podcast with Mark Marin that nunnery means, like, whorehouse. Uh-uh. Yeah. So I like don't want to call it, it a nunnery. It was not a whorehouse. It was no brothel. It was a place where nuns worked and practiced, pra- practiced, practiced their religion and beliefs. <laughs> but yeah. So um, it was a pretty cheap one. I think it was like six euro. And Jacoby was also staying there. And this was the first place that we had met Douglas which he became a character along our character. He was one of the few people that we had met that had walked it before. Yes. I think it was a year prior, and he said he was walking it again to gain more happiness. That yeah. He had walked the first one and then ended up going back to Rhode Island, I think. Mm-hmm. It was East, East Coast, Coast somewhere. somewhere. He was just unhappy and hated his job, and he was just a grump, and he needed to <laughs> walk it again to uh, find his happiness again. So yeah, he was... That's where we met Douglas. He was definitely a character. But um, that night, Maria had told us that she wanted us to go get food so we could all cook a meal. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, okay, well, we'll get some stuff at the store to cook a meal and everyone's going to eat it. Apparently, she, with her five languages, tried communicating this to two other people and the same thing happened. So we ended up with three gigantic meals that could definitely feed way more people than we had there. And we had this big table. It was kind of funny that we just all misunderstood and we all... And everyone cooked a meal themselves and then brought it all together and we were like, we have a feast. Yeah. And we ended up drinking a lot of wine, getting to know a lot of people. There was people from all over, like usual. It was was just such a good time. It was a great night. And I remember that the nuns kind of shunned us a little bit because we were being a little loud. Yeah. But that was kind of fun. Um... That was a great night. Um, and then we headed out to Belorado the next day, and it was another hot day. Um, I remember on the walk into Belorado, I had seen Jacoby, and she was almost walking kind of the same way that Maria was the day before, kind of like a snail. And I had stopped to say something, and she's like, just keep going, I'll make it there, but, you know, don't stop for me. And I was like, no, I won't. But we all ended up kind of staying in the same albergue, which was called Quattro Cantones. Super really nice one. Really nice. One of our favorites, actually. They had a pool in the back. Yeah. Which was awesome. They had a nice lawn there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a restaurant on the second floor yeah. that had really good food. And then mm-hmm. it was convenient because you just had to go upstairs yeah. versus go through the town and try to find something. Yeah. 
Um, after all day walking for that many days in a row, it's nice to just have it conveniently just upstairs. Yeah. Um, it's all geared towards for pilgrim meals. So it's like all inclusive with like wine and salad and bread and kind yeah. of everything. So and it was, the food was awesome. And it was super good. So yeah. good. Um, really friendly people that work there. Yeah. It was all a family, like a family yeah. run business. And I think that, um, yeah, we had dinner with Gemma that night. Mm -hmm. It was really good. But we also went out to kind of just explore the town. And there was this weird, like, Renaissance festival thing yeah. going on, which was kind of cool. Um, but we had ended up in a punk bar. And they had, like, metal music playing. And we ended up, you know, having a couple beers there, which was uh, a cool experience. Yeah. And that it just existed in this smaller little town. Yeah, was, um, it was something that you did not expect. There was a punk rock bar in this little place. Yeah. And, yeah, everything was kind of cement. They had, like, posters of old shows. And it just yeah. felt like, uh, yeah, just very punk rock. And yeah. It was kind of odd placement. Yeah, but a nice find. Yeah. Um, in that albergue, we had met a gal named Monica, who was from Seattle, in the States and she was real friendly and bubbly and we didn't um, get to like really sit down and talk with her, but we, um, we met her for the first time and yeah. later, you know, we walk with her, but um, Jacoby was also there in that albergue. Uh, Douglas was there. Gemma was there. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was quite the... Very familiar crew. Starting to really notice more people that were all kind of walking around the same pace and mm -hmm. staying in the same places. So it was pretty cool. Um, it makes it feel a little bit more comfortable and more at home. That next morning, I remember being woken up by two gals with headlamps who... At like five. Oh my gosh, it was early as shit, and I... and It was still dark, obviously, because they had the headlamps, but they were not using them very uh, conscientiously. No, it was like a disco in there. They were just flashing they had them, them on their around head, the and versus just having it stare into the pack. Yeah. They were whipping their heads around. Looking up, was someone... Did someone hear me? Yeah, maybe they, they just, did. No, and they were chatting to themselves at not a whisper. Light in my face. Yeah. But they were just like talking loudly and everyone else is sleeping still yeah and we were like there, there are certain people that are in their own world yeah just oblivious to surrounding you know no, yeah it's it's ridiculous and sometimes you're just like really really like almost more of a surprise than an annoyance how would you like... not know that the rest of the room of 30 people are sleeping still and yeah. it's dark and and you're shining your light around like... chatting and like laughing loudly and yeah. <laughs> really? so, it, is... it was quite odd that stuff is uh pet peeve yeah pet peeve and it's just hard for me to believe that people yeah. are dumbfounding so, for sure you know blinders on yeah Kind of grinds Crazy. your gears. I but, am on one on this episode. I'm just like... <laughs> bitch fest? Bitching at shit. <laughs> like, and then this and happened. Then, uh, mm, and uh, then you were gone and I was like, where did she go? And Maybe you were working through some shit. I don't know. Apparently yeah. I'm still working through shit. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just like the... The phase of the Camino. Or, it could be. I mean, it's uh, you're definitely working out a bunch of emotions. So, um, <laughs> but so uh, yeah, the next day we had left, and apparently I had left my toiletry bag at that albergue, but we didn't even uh, notice until we got to the next stage. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, what the hell? It and had all this stuff. All my shit in it. And I'm just like, I can't replace all that stuff. So I called that albergue. And oh my God, the sweetest lady. Her name was Hannah. One of she, the super nice hospitaleros from she, the family. Home. Yeah, she was the one who co-owned it with her family uh, where we had stayed that night. And she was like, oh, I'll just drive it over. And I was like, what? And literally, she just drove my toiletry bag to me. Dropped I, it off, and met dropped us, it off, and met us, and you know, had maybe a glass of. I think I bought her a glass of wine or a beer or something. And something. She was just like, "Oh yeah, no worries." And, oh my god, it was the nicest thing that she could have done. 
Um, but yeah, at this next albergue, we stayed with Gemma and John. I think that whole place was 50 or so beds in one room. It was pretty crowded. It was big, but it was a big room too, so. It was a big room, but it was also really hot. It was, it had been hot though. It's true. But they had had, like over the windows, they have these, and like I had described it before, uh, they're almost like garage door-like They're shutters. like little roll-top metal shutters. Yeah, so it really like doesn't allow Ooh, air isn't... to go in or out. Yeah. And they had those. It gets stuffy. I don't it understand. It got real stuffy. So that was kind of that experience with that albergue. I want to say it's for mosquitoes, but it's like, haven't you ever heard of screen? <laughs> Something. I don't know what don't it's know. for. It could be. I don't get it. Maybe it's for the darkness. I don't know. I don't know. But I wasn't enjoying it. Um, but the next day, we were hiking up a little bit of a hill, um, which I think this was the stage that got us into Burgos, which yeah. is the next big city. And we had come across an entire herd of sheep heading up this hill. I mean, like 200 sheep. If not more. It and was crazy. we're sitting there, and I think the sheepdog that were herding the sheep started herding us. They, like, included us in their yeah. herd. It was... it was the cutest thing, because there was, like, a big sheepdog, like, the older sheepdog, and then there were puppy sheepdogs, who I think were learning with the big sheepdogs. They're like, oh, well, they have to go this way, too. Let's, let's <laughs> tell them where to go. Yeah. It was adorable. And, yeah. It was cool, because there was, yeah, like, the... Sheep herder, what's the name? Sheep herder? No, there's a name for it. Oh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I would think it would be sheep herder. There's like a word for it. Oh, I don't know the word. <laughs> We're very learned from our travels. Anyway. I don't even know where I was going with that. We now. know a lot about sheep herders. Um, so... We walked into Burgos, and it was along the river, and my back started... Shepherd. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It even sounds like <laughs> I, like, said most of the <laughs> word. <laughs> no, but it was cool. Oh, my God. Jeez. But wow. do they call them shepherds? I think we need more coffee. That sounds bible But that's a word, though, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I think it's just because... I don't know, it's uncommon now, but there it was still this shepherd with the cane. Yeah, it's true. And with the, uh, you know, sheep herding dogs. Yeah. And it just felt very uh, ancient, or not, I don't know, like old school. Yeah, and, it was totally old school. You know, something that you would experience that, you know, just doesn't exist anymore, you know, like a rarity, yeah, yeah. a rare occurrence. And yeah, but no. With all the sheep bang and with the bells on, it, you know, it was, I thought it was a really cool moment. Bang? Buying. Buying. <laughs> Yeah. I like sheep buying. All right, here, there's another test. What's what's the what's the name for a bar? If sheep are calling out, <laughs> no, not the sound of it. What's the word? Bar. Yeah, they're buying, right? Yeah. Is there? It just sounded like you said bang. They're bang. <laughs> sheep bang. Sheep bang. Sheep bang. Sheep dogs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, back to getting into Burgos. Um, as we're walking, my back just started killing me. And so I think I had stopped her along the way a few times. And then, <laughs> what are you laughing at me? I was just laughing about the shepherd thing. <laughs> That's pretty good. Keep going. Okay, so anyways, we get into Burgos and Gemma had booked a night or two at a hotel there. She was going to be waiting for her friends to arrive from England. So it's a legit hotel and not the albergue. Yeah, we had stayed in the albergue. She had this nice room she with all a big bed to herself yeah. and a TV. You know. Well, we went and hung out with her because basically the minute we got into Burgos, almost it felt like it just started pouring rain. And it did not let up for the entire two days that we were there because we yeah. stayed another rest day here. But we ended up being able to tour the cathedral, which was really cool. Really cool cathedral. Oh, my gosh. Um, Very impressive. It was bigger than the Santiago Cathedral, I felt like. It could have been. At least more well, impressive looking. To yeah, me, it was a little more ornate, I felt like. Yeah. Um, but that kind of gave me the first 
sense of how easily influenced the people back in the day could be to believe in religion or to go to religion because this thing was the closest thing that I could think of that would be to God. And I'm putting that in quotations. But back in the day, if you really needed help and you wanted to look to something outside yourself for help, I could see why people would turn to this religion for that help. Because this thing was so impressive and so... You just, like, your jaw dropped. I mean, these things are centuries old. And, I mean, with all the modern architecture and everything, I mean, these are impressive still to this day. And if this was hundreds of years ago, and, you know, know, you're in a little shack and you see this thing, obviously you're going to be drawn to it. It's crazy. I mean, So, for me, yeah, this was, I think, the first cathedral I had ever been into Mm. that uh, the Catholic Catholic cathedral say that five times fast um but yeah it was just definitely it gave me another perspective as to why and how religion is so powerful um as even still to this day but how it could gain that many followers back when you know it started so it was it was pretty cool though Mm -hmm. um but that night I think we had gone to Gemma's hotel room and drank some wine and played a game of, we called it asshole. Yeah, card game. (laughs) Yeah, it's a card game. Um, But she definitely kicked our ass. I think it was beginner's luck, but she was having a riot, and I was like, why can't I win? But it was a lot of fun. So that was the last night that we had seen her for quite some time after that. So that was us getting from Pamplona to Burgos. Yeah, that was quite the experience, and there's still a lot more to come for the Camino. So stay tuned. More Camino and Tales to come. For sure. So thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next one. Yeah, thanks so much, you guys. And if you do enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it on whatever social media you want. And comment and subscribe. Yeah, totally give us your feedback. We appreciate it. Let us know. All right. Well, take it easy, guys. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our podcast. If you feel inclined, leave us a comment or review. Tell someone you know who might enjoy to have a listen. And feel free to share on your choice of social media. If you want to know more about us or see any photos of our travels, you can check out our website at trailofbeans.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can follow us on our upcoming adventures and get updates along the way, which can be found by searching at symbol The Bean Trail. We'll be back next week. Same beans. Same pod. Cast. Yes. <laughs>